Here, take my back radio. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spud, isn't he? I think he can hear you right now. I made a money! I didn't know I did it! For No More Radio, you are listening to The Cave, a weekly podcast looking at the best and worst in pop culture from yesteryear to tomorrow. Hello to you, wherever and whenever you are in the world, out there in internet land. My name is Shane Adamzak, and with me, as always, is the flash dance to my footloose, the deep impact to my Armageddon, and the volcano to my Dante's peak. It's Mr. Paul Gravvac. One day, I'm going to find hay fever. I'm going to find the physical yeah. entity that is hay fever, and I will kill it. Not fast, though. No, no, no. It doesn't deserve that. I will slowly place irritants in its eyes for hours. I'm going to pump toxic ooze <laughs> from their ninja turtle fucking asses right into their nasal cavities. I will pay for the science to miniaturize tiny humans to send into their own mouths and scratch the roofs of their mouths with tiny poison laced razor blades and then they'll sneeze but every time they do a part of their soul will be lost and then they'll die you got the sniffles big guy dude i got hay fever and fuck hay fever i spent the weekend outside which is fine i love the outside yeah it's where the sun and oxygen is i have hay fever Nah, I'm sorry, bud. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Do you think that anybody's favourite friend is Ross? Like a guy called Ross or Ross from Friends? No, like Ross from Friends. Do you think anyone's favourite friend is Ross? Oh, totally. I can confirm that a friend of the show and former uh, uh, host, not host, or co-host of the show, um, Michaela Westall's favourite friend is Ross. But he's the worst one. Why does she like him? Well, that's all relative, isn't it? I guess. I guess if you're like... (laughs) I guess, like, the people that like Ross the best are the same people that, like, Morrissey and the Smiths is, like, their favourite singer. Yeah, it sounds about right. Goths. Goths like Ross. Yeah, yeah, all all the goths. All those All those hardcore goth Friends fans. Ross is the favourite. Yeah, out of those two Venn diagrams, that's where they overlap. That's the crossover. It's Ross. Yeah, Friends... Goth. Ross is in the middle. Makes sense to me. (laughs) That's all I got for you. Um, This week on the show, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We've uh, been neglecting the questions from you folks out there on the internet a little bit. We keep running out of time, so this week we're going to do a solely questions episode of The Cave. We're going to get through, hopefully, all the questions that we have uh, built up in our little uh, questions library Mm -hmm. in The Cave archives, and we'll get through and hopefully answer everybody's questions by the end of this episode. Yeah, we kept negging you by not answering your questions, and now here comes the payoff. Where we take yeah. you on one date, which is this episode. So uh... I hope they serve beer in hell. Uh, it's Halloween today as we're recording this show. Uh, I'm in Toronto. You're in Australia. It's very much a thing over here in Canada. Uh, Halloween, that is. But when we were growing up, it, it really wasn't much of a thing. Are you doing much for Halloween this year? Not really. I mean, I got dressed up for a party the night before Halloween. All Hallows yeah. Eve, I'm sure that's called somewhere in the world. Um, Probably. got dressed up as a middle-aged Ash Ketchum, just carrying the sort of woes and despair of, um, keeping animals trapped in little balls for decades. It's tough. Um, yeah. and that was super fun, but like for the, like it's, it's nighttime here where I am. And while I know some of my sort of nieces and nephews are out doing their trick or treating, I've made sure the door shut, the lights are off. I'm basically not engaging with the holiday at all. What about over there? Uh, it's pretty crazy. I've made a pretty epic uh, Ghostbusters outfit uh, with my girlfriend this year. We've we've gone as Ghostbusters, old and new. Uh, we spent a bunch of money at the dollar store, and we made some pretty epic proton packs. Nice. Uh, pictures of which are up on the uh, the the cave underscore podcast Instagram and Twitter. Um, and yeah, so basically, I've discovered uh, as an adult going into Halloween, basically, it's like a normal night out, but instead of just going to a bar and getting drunk, you go to a bar and you get drunk dressed up as a Ghostbuster. The Which end. is probably the preferred method, really. Yeah, I think so, because at least that way, if you get spooked, you're ready to bust some ghosts. Right, but are you, were you worried that anyone would, like, 
solicit your skills and need you to bust a ghost for them. Oh, should that happen? I've been ready since I was eight years old, Paul, so... Mm. I still question your qualifications. How dare you? I was born to be a Ghostbuster. Doesn't mean you are one. You got a lot of nerve! You hear me? Well, it's easy for me to say this because you're in Canada. Come get me, Canadian boy. Come on, get your maple syrup and your hockey skates, and I'll get my uh, kangaroo and your boomerang. Yeah, and your didgeridoos. I know what you're all about. Um, (laughs) All right, we should get into these questions, but I do want to talk about one thing very quickly. Uh, Paul, have you seen on YouTube, there's a brand new channel. It's by a guy named John Sudano. Uh, and he's been doing these epic vocal covers of songs. Do you know the guy yeah, I'm talking I've, about? I have, and I've been like weeping at all of them. They're so wonderfully well done. I love Smash Mouth's All Star. It's just the best thing. If you haven't seen it yet, he does these vocal covers to the tunes of other songs, but uh, without spoiling it too much, well, I guess I am, but he sings the lyrics to Smash Mouth's All-Star to every song, and it's the funniest thing. I think he's a genius, quite frankly. I think he is also, because, like, he'll poignantly bring back the actual lyrics at some point of that actual song, and, like, always juxtapose against All-Star. It's just like, oh, yeah. Suddenly there's more uh, significance to those lyrics. Like, the so- the one he does of Radiohead's Creep is so yeah. good. Like yeah, it just, it's amazing. It, it is beautiful. It is art to the highest degree. Um, so if you want to check out that channel on YouTube, it is John Sudano. It's J-O-N-S-U-D-A-N-O, uh, John Sudano. And just make sure you check out his covers and give him a like and a subscribe and all that because his art is just as valid as far as I'm concerned as fucking Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's blown up bigger than The Godfather. Mm-hmm. All right, question of palooza time. All right, let's do it. Let's jump into the first of our questions. And if we do get stuck for questions throughout this episode, I do have uh, the world's greatest comic quiz from 1978 that I bought yesterday for for $2. Uh, So I will be chucking in some questions from that book uh, throughout this episode as well. Ash, Nothing nothing uh, like questions from five years before we were born. Exactly, that we won't know the answers to. That'll uh, really test our merit. Uh, yep. Ash Gregg wants to know, describe over time the difference in colour progression of a person with ginger hair versus a person with auburn hair. Okay, should I take the auburn one? I suppose that would make the most sense. Great. So, basically, it's brown, it's luscious, it's wonderful when you start out. There's a slight balayage if you spend a bit of little time outside. Some greys will appear... Hold these with pride. Don't be ashamed of your grey hairs. It means you're aged, you're wiser. Everybody loves it. And if you're blessed to also have the European gene like I do, you're going to have hair hair on your head to the bitter end where we all die alone. Yeah. Basically, just a big, dead Wookiee. Yeah. How about you, Ginger Boy? Well, basically, if you go in the sun, which you shouldn't because you'll die... Uh, your hair will go slightly more blonde, and if you go in the sun for a long time, it'll go quite blonde, and then people will go, you're not a ginger, and then you say, how dare you, and then you show them your pubes. Good, because that's aging for you, showing people your genitalia. Uh, I'm getting a few grey hairs in my beard, but so far, that's (laughs) that's about it. I thought you were going to say your pubes. No, no, not yet. Great, it's coming. Okay, this is a good start to our question special, I think. Yeah, I mean, nothing says the cave like a question about pubes. Um, Hey, Ryan Woosnam wants to know, controversial, uh, as I'm a writer of original ideas, he says, but in a world of remakes nowadays, what is a film you wouldn't mind seeing remade and why? We've talked a lot about uh, reboots and remakes on this podcast. Um, We've talked about some of the ones that we really like, some that we didn't like and some that we were kind of just indifferent to and ones that are coming up um oh i'm a bit over it to be honest you know you know my rule that i established early on if you are hollywood if i was in charge of hollywood and you want to make a movie but you don't have an idea for an original movie you just don't get to make a movie you just don't get to make one it's a fine you don't get to nope you even if it's a shitty sequel i don't mind but a remake or a reboot you just don't get to make it uh so my answer is 
Um, you know what? What's one? Of, what's a film that's been made remade recently? They did, they didn't need to make um, Ben Hur. All right, <laughs> so they remade Ben Hur. That's ridiculous. So what I want them to do is I want one filmmaker every year until I'm dead to just remake that movie every year. What? Okay. Yep, I just want yep someone just a new version of Ben Hur every year until I'm dead. That's what I want. Well, see, I, I reckon get... that would end up yep. forcing people to be really quite creative. Yeah, right. And some of them might does... actually be good because the odds are, if there's say fifty versions of Ben Hur, including the original, at least like three or four of them have to be decent, right? Yeah, and then like I reckon there's going to be directors like, all right, I'm going to set it in space. And then sure, be Ben Hur in space. Sure, Ben Hur in the jungle. Ben Hur underwater. Yep. Animated Ben Hur. Nice. Just keep Ben Hur the musical. Love Just it. do it. Just keep making Ben Hur over and over again until there's no other movies out but Ben Hur. Or you could do a crossover That's... with uh, Spike Jones's movie uh, Her and call it Her Ben. Oh yeah, I like that. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? What what movie would you like to see remade? All right, slight cheat. Uh, because it's kind of three movies, but it doesn't count because they're all one big story. I want to see Star Wars 1, 2, and 3 remade to be good because fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I don't think it needs more explanation than that. Uh, the prequel trilogy that George Lucas made, one, episodes 1, 2, and 3, uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, uh, Revenge of the Sith, all remade because fuck. All right, well, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to get you to give a director to each of those films. Ooh, okay. Three. Uh, so what, three, three directors? Episode one. Episode one yep. goes to Joss Whedon because he's great at establishing a world and a, 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 a sort of place and a sense of spirit. Yep, sure. And right. then, um, Good plan. I guess, I guess let's be a little bit cliche. Um, actually, you know what? Episode... Two, I want yep. to give to Alfonso Curion, the All director right. of Children of Men and um, the third Harry Potter film. Uh, yeah, of right. So you want to go, you want to go a bit epic with this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Because surely by the end of that one is where we see the darker tones of Anakin. I don't assume Anakin's a kid in the uh, episode one. By the way, I assume they can rewrite everything. They can remake it to the nth degree. What? And, you going to mean take out all the yippies and the yahoos? Hey, Deputy Quadard Slamo, or whatever he says. I don't, I don't <laughs> want any wizards. I don't want anyone to say wizard unless it's like, that wizard's just a crazy old man. That's a great Yeah. Line. For the um, record, Jake Lloyd, if you're listening, we don't blame you. No, it's not your to fault. Make that clear. It's not your Even fault. Even Hayden, Hayden, you seem like a real nice guy. You were yeah, just giving blame- the worst lines in the world. Yeah, I mean, I blame him a little bit, but not Jake Lloyd. <laughs> and uh, episode three, um, I want to give the that... Sith. Actually, you know who I want to give episode three to? Mm. Steven Spielberg. Ah, okay. I mean, I think... oh, I mean, there's already aliens in there, so you know he'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he could do it the right kind of justice, as long as we get him on his off years when he's doing, like, adult movies... And not the big friendly giant, because I think he's lost the plot in terms of making kids' movies, but I think he's still got it when it comes to more adult topics. And there's nothing more adult mm-hmm. like uh, space people with laser swords uh, turning to the dark side of a fictitious uh, world, uh, sorry, universe binding energy. Yeah, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, you are listening to The Cave. It's Shane and Paul here. We're answering some questions from you guys out there in internet land. And Matt Marino wants to know, which nerds burn best and for longest? Mm, I think this science. was in response... I think this was in response to me writing, we're asking for your burning nerd questions. Uh, so he wants to know, which nerds burn best and for longest? Uh, fire breathers. That's my answer. Yep, I've got a similar one. Uh, ginger nerds, because they're already quite red. And very flammable. Mm, I would have gone with very hot, Winky. Ooh, uh. uh Victoria LaBerge asks, if you could only watch one of the Star Wars films for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Uh, Do I get to assume that episodes eight and nine are, are good? 
Um, yeah, sure. You can you could pick one of those, but I mean that's the risk you take. We could get another, uh, you know, attack of the clones. Oh no! But we probably won't. Yeah, we probably won't. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you could also. I mean, you've also got Rogue One, and you've got all the the Han Solo solo film. The Christmas got, special. Uh, Christmas special. Uh, Return to Endor and Caravan of Courage. It doesn't have to be one of the mainstream uh, Star Wars films. <laughs> This is true, but I'm going to pick Return of the Jedi, mostly because it has everything. Like, it starts in the, like, dark place of despair that Empire ended in. It has big battles. It has a giant gangster slug licking a princess's face. It's got Mm. sword fights and a fucking awesome story of redemption. What more do you want? And one of the only times Boba Fett actually does anything. Yeah, but he does it so well, he ends up in a Sarlacc pit. Being digested for over a thousand years. He is such an iconic character and he really isn't very good. Mm. He's iconic because he's a mystery. But now they're going to do like a Boba Fett solo movie where it's like some small New Zealand kid and all the mystery's gone and nobody cares. Yeah, it's going to be so not good. I can't wait for it. Uh, How about you, buddy? Which one? I'm actually going to choose Jedi as well. That is probably the one I watched the most as a kid. uh, And it's the one I probably... I feel like in terms of rewatchability, it's got the most action and everything in it. So yeah, I'm going to choose Jedi as well. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a few uh, versus questions now. So superhero versus superhero. We've got three of them in a row. Should we sort of do a bit of a rapid fire round? Okay. Do you, I, so just the answer? You don't want a little explanation? Uh, let's say you can have a little spiel as well. So uh, they're from uh, two of these are from uh, Mikey Adamsack, my brother, and one of them is from my friend Fraz. Uh, who lives in Vancouver. So first up, we got Superman versus Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Okay, I'm going with Goku, because even if Superman starts out stronger, Goku can go to the hyperbolic chamber and train. He can teleport. And uh, Goku just has a go-get-him attitude that will always win the day. Oh, and Superman, dies... Superman's Superman's not going to let him go off and have a little training session. He's yeah, going to get the job done. No. Because if he gets in there, even for a second, like a second in the hyperbolic chamber, because time is different in there, oh. it's like way, way, like a second in there is even shorter in real life. So if Goku's in there for like years training, only like a day would have passed in in the real world. And that'll, that'll work get- it out. And even if Goku dies, he's got Shenron to bring him back to life as long as all his friends go grab the Dragon Balls. Ah, okay. So I'm going to go with Superman then. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> go on. He, he, he's faster than a speeding bullet. And if he can stop Goku getting in the hyperbolic chamber or whatever it is, then I think he's going to just snap his neck because that's the way Schneider wants it. Yeah, well, if Goku... Uh, sorry, Superman can go faster than a speeding bullet. Goku can go faster than a laser. Ooh. Just saying, speed of light, what you got? Uh, Superman can s- fly around the world and make time go back in time. Yeah, well, Remember? in issue one, all he could do was jump really far, so... Yeah, but he lifted that car up real high, and that guy was like, Oh, my car! <laughs> Put that down. I don't have any insurance. Uh, another one from Mikey Atom from the DC Universe versus Ant-Man from the Marvel Universe. Both characters that can get very small... I think it's going to be an absolute tie if they're both at their peaks. I mean, I think I think Ant-Man is cooler, but in terms of their abilities, they're quite evenly matched. They're essentially the same guy. I mean, if Atom only uses his power to get small and Ant-Man uses his giant man powers and, like, squashes him, I guess he'll win. But if they're both just little, essentially they're two just dudes who are little. Yeah. It's two positives equaling nothing. They'll just be... So... It's an even Stephen tie, and we all get along, and everything's fine. Peace on earth. Okay, finally, from Fraz, he wants to know Vision uh, from the Avengers versus Martian Manhunter from the uh, DC Universe. What do you think, buddy? Uh, Again, these are two superheroes that are kind of sort of versions of each other in different universes. I'm going to go with Vision. I think he just has... A little bit more tactical advantage over Martian Manhunter. Yeah, yeah, I think Vision as well. I think his abilities are like kind of better. 
in so much as like, you know, he can manipulate like the molecules of his body to make him pretty much impervious. So, you know, there's that. It's kind of like an ace in the hole. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So that one we're going to give to Vision. So basically it's a bunch of arguments and then Vision just wins outright. Um, Thea Fitzjames, my lovely partner in life, wants to know, out of the Ninja Turtles, who would we fuck, kill, and marry? Oh, boy. And I guess, and I guess, and I guess one of them just has to just stand there and watch. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, so think about right. that for you. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, fuck, kill, marry, make them watch. <sighs> that part's the worst part. <clears throat> All mm-hmm. right. Um, I would kill uh, Raphael. Uh, okay. Good luck. Just because, well, yeah, look, he's got issues, man. So I don't, I don't want to fuck a guy who has issues like that. And I certainly don't want to marry a guy <laughs> who has issues like that. So yeah, I don't want him to watch either because he'll just have more. So I'd kill him. Ease his pain, then it's done. I'd fuck Leo. You know, I uh-huh. bet he's a, I bet he's a supportive lover and thorough. And um, <laughs> yeah. I reckon, you know, because he'll be wanting to please you so much, you could probably push him into the kink, which would be really nice to do. Yeah, um, sure. And yeah, I'd marry Donatello because he's got such a nice balance of funny <laughs> and smart. He's a great guy. And you know what? That just leaves Mikey as the best man, which means we're going to have a great speech at the wedding too. Well, he is a party dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go a different tact. Uh, I'm going to. I'm also going to kill uh, Raphael. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the only one that I'm doing the same because I feel like he is very aggressive, and I don't really want to be involved with him in any way. Uh, mm. So I'm going to get him out of the picture. Uh, I'm going to marry Leonardo. Ooh. Right, because I feel like he's got he's got world weary smarts. Right, he's like the m- most mature one. I'm gonna fuck Mikey because you know he's young and he's got he's got stamina. So you know we'll, we'll make a night of it. And then uh, Donatello is my favorite, so I'm gonna keep him out of the equation and I'm gonna make him watch. <laughs> You're not keeping him out of it. You're traumatizing him for life. Yeah, but you know at least he won't be around anymore. I guess. He can go. So that's what I'm doing. Thumb. So big, yeah, big thanks to Thea for that uh, that question. Really, uh, really, uh, messed really up. just putting our childhood to bed there. Cowabunga, indeed. Uh, now let's have a let's have a little uh, let's have a palate cleanser from the world's greatest <laughs> comic quiz. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, all right, this is question. This is a question from the book from 1978. Many superheroes have developed descriptive titles that strike fear into the hearts of evildoers. Who are the following? All right, Paul. So it's up to you to, to tell me who are the following. Okay. Uh, the, the Caped Crusader. Uh, is Batman? Yes. Uh, the Man Without Fear. Is the Daredevil. Bang. Uh, the God of Thunder. Thor. And finally, the Golden Avenger. Iron Man? Correct. All right, so we'll be coming back to more great questions from the world's greatest comics quiz from 1978 by Jerry Robinson. Little side note for you, kids. Iron Man used to just have a golden suit. Uh, Jody Crawley writes in, Yes, I have a question, he says with a bit of sass. What are your pop culture guilty pleasures? I'm not talking about enjoying ABBA or something. I mean a real piece of shit that you keep watching, reading, listening to, despite its intrinsic shitness. Uh, well, firstly, uh, it wouldn't be ABBA, because ABBA sucks the fat one. Um, Fuck you. We, talk- we talked a few episodes ago about guilty pleasures, quite early on in the podcast, actually. Um... I'm not a huge believer in uh, in guilty pleasures anymore. I think if you you like something, just you know, just own it. And you know, I kind of we both kind of wear our nerdy pleasures on our sleeves. Um, but if I had to, you know, pick a, a movie that I like that's it's good because it's so bad, uh, probably on the top of that list for me is Grease Two with uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, some of the original cast members, uh, and a whole bunch of songs that are very clearly copies of songs from Grease 1. I love Grease 2. It's terrible, but I, I'll, I'd watch it right now. See, so that's, that's in terms of guilty pleasures, I guess I can say that one. 
I, I get all that you're saying, but I don't, yeah. like, I can't watch it the way you watch it. Like, I'll watch it once every couple of years and go, oh, yeah, that, that was bad. But yeah, like, it's I, bad. I can't, yeah, but I can't, like, you would watch it today, and I bet if you were, like, a bit bored the next day for, like, an hour, you're like, no, nah, watch a bit of it again. Yeah, I'd maybe watch some bits of it. I, I like it. I don't like it enough that I would watch it, like, you know, once a week or, or something. Like, once a year at a pinch, you know. Fair but, enough. Well, yeah. what about for you? me, What's a... it's got to be yeah. the well-loved, maybe his most famous movie, Bruce Willis's Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Where Bruce Where... Willis sings. Well, he sings with Danny Aleo and... Um... The the short version of it is they play cat burglars who are blackmailed into a globe-trotting, cat-burglaring uh, crime spree to solve one of Leonardo da Vinci's greatest mysteries. The Da Vinci um, Code. Uh, kind of. More his gold-making machine. Um, uh, but yes. the, the reason they're such good cat burglars is they time everything to songs that they know. So when they start a yep. crime... They count each other in and they sing. So you get like three musical numbers in this uh, movie about stealing things. And it's hilarious. Bruce Willis is actually like fucking hilarious. A lot of people don't know that anymore. But like he started out mostly doing comedies. He's great. Yeah. And now he just does it for the cash. Oh, yeah. Look out for Die Hard 12 or whatever the fuck it's called. I actually watched Hudson Hawk for the first time with, uh, with you at your parents' house. When we were just kids. Yeah, and it was the best thing. It was the best time we ever shared. We've never, we've never peaked after that. Like, we've never gotten better. Uh, what's, the worst, what's the worst film you've ever seen, Paul? And I don't mean, like, one that's, like, so bad as good. Like, one that you just legitimately, like, I hated that, and I never, ever want to talk about that again. It was just garbage and a waste of my time. Uh, Avatar. Oh, yeah. That was bad. Was uh, for me... My least favourite film of all time, legitimately, is Son of Mask, this, the uh, straight-to-video sequel to The Mask. Oh, God. See, I've never actually had to sit through that, which is great. It's terrible. It's got uh, Alan Cummings in it, and he's great. He plays Loki, uh, who's just in it for some reason. Uh, Jamie Kennedy basically takes over like the Jim Carrey-esque role. It's about this guy, finds the mask, uh, has sex with his wife while wearing the mask, and then they have a kid who's just a normal baby but has the powers of the mask and is badly computer animated and it is very, very crap. Great, because, yeah, what I hear, that movie has no redeeming qualities. If you don't believe me, go out there and watch Son of Mask for yourselves and then you'll write in to the cave underscore podcast or the cave at nomoradio.com and you'll say, uh, Shane was right. Hashtag Shane was right. Hashtag Son of Mask. <laughs> Uh, all right, Paul, do you want to go to the next question or should we go back to the world's greatest comics quiz book? Well, I'm feeling pretty confident now because I got the other one pretty correct. So hit me with another classic comic. All right. So this is, uh, this is, uh, which superheroes, uh, answer to the following nicknames. And I've got to get the answer page ready. Okay. So the first couple are pretty easy, but they get a little tougher as we go along. Keep in mind, we're thinking 1978. Okay. Uh, which yep. are the super characters answer to the following nicknames? Webhead. Spider-Man. Shellhead. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, Iron Man. Uh, Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Uh, Goldilocks. No, Thor. We're talking superheroes, Paul. Uh, Okay, good. Stretcho. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Correct. Uh, uh, Matchhead. Uh, The Human Torch. Yeah, good guess. Uh, Subby. Subby? Subby, S-U-B-B-Y. Subby. Oh, the Submariner? Yes! Oh, I didn't think you were going to get that one. Uh, the oh. Shield Slinger. Or Captain America. Yeah, uh, Greenskin. That's pretty obvious. Yep, that's uh, Son of Mask. <laughs> that's the Hulk. Uh, and oh, finally, good. And finally, the Big Red Cheese. You know, uh, that superhero well-known for his nickname, the Big Red the Cheese. The Big Red Cheese. That would have to be... It's, um, a, it's, a DC, it's a DC hero, I'll tell you that much. Okay, great. That narrows it down. Um, the Big Red Cheese is, yeah. uh, uh, is uh, a giant red uh, rat 
um, that lives uh, in space near the sun called Ratorosaur. No, wrong. So wrong. It was Captain Marvel, otherwise known as Shazam. The big red cheese, apparently. They shouldn't make up lies like that. No, it's in the book, so it must be true. All right, we'll be coming back to the world's greatest comics quiz book from 1978 uh, in a few questions' time. But uh, Lisa Lutit, I think is how you say it, uh, has a question. What is up with Kim Kardashian popping up in my dreams as an archetypal female when I've never seen her show and tried to avoid media about her? What's up with that? Um, probably too much cheese before bed, is what I would say. Cheese dreams. Yeah. Also, Kim Kardashian's actually a witch, um, if you didn't mm. know. And uh, as you sleep, uh, Lisa, um, she goes to the, one of the many factories where her clothing lines are made, and she'll ritually sacrifice one of the virgins that's uh, seamstress there. And that blood uh, makes it into the water system and... Throughout ah. time, that blood has sort of thinned out and spread out across the world to the point that every time we drink, some of that ritualized sacrifice blood enters our body stream and we have to suffer the terror that is Kim Kardashian. And I'm sorry it's such a vivid dream for you. For me, it's more of a, a flash, you know, and I can dismiss it as just a thought, but... Um, yeah, you know when you have that dream, you kind of get you get startled in your dream, like you have a falling dream, and you kind of startle when you're sort of half awake, half asleep. Mm. That's what it's mm. like for me. But I'm just like, oh, Kardashian! And then I sort of just drift back and just dream about spiders and teeth falling out like I normally yeah. do. Then I have to jump online and see if she's broken the internet again, but she yeah. she didn't, which is great. She's one of those people that, like, no matter how much you try to avoid her, she's just in the ether. She just is. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I don't want anything bad to happen to her, but, like... I do want her to go away so that no one knows what she's doing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I wish her no specific harm. Yeah. Christian Barrett asks, what are your top five movie themes? Top five movie themes. I really Uh, struggled with this. Yeah, I I kind of... Top five list we've ever had. I wrote some stuff down, but I think what I've written down more than themes are more just genres, I think, uh, than themes... Okay, what you uh, got? Well, I put down adventure. I guess that's a theme. Like, I really like adventure movies. But it, are we talking more like things like... Th- themes like friendship and belonging and... I don't well, know, I thought courage. he meant... I thought he meant, like, iconic songs. Like, theme oh, songs. Like th- oh, like theme songs. Yeah. Oh, I didn't... I wasn't thinking that at all. I was thinking he meant, like, uh, types of, of movies. No, that's they're... That's much like, harder. That's weird. You mean like genres? Yeah. Nah, man. That's weird. Why would anyone ask you what your favorite themes are and mean genres? Uh, Christian's asked us some weird questions in the past. Well, he didn't say movie theme songs. All right, well, let's go with that. Let's say movie theme songs then. Uh, I'm going to go with that because that's what I wrote down. I'm going to go... Oh, you've sort of prepared. I'll try just like go off the top of my head here. I'm going to say... Obviously, Stan Bush's The Touch from Transformers 1986. Uh-huh. Uh, Neverending Story. Star Wars. Um, the song from Karate Kid 2, <laughs> where he's, like, training. Yeah. Uh, and Thea uh, says the theme from Jurassic Park. So I'm oh, say how that, did I that forget one that well. one? All right, yeah. I might replace well, my right. mind with that. Um, uh, right, wait, well, but I've... no, also also Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News from Back to the Future. And just the oh. theme from Back to the Future. I need more I... than five! You did way more than five. So I'm going to add Jurassic Park to my list then because you did more than five. And I'm going to say Star Wars as well, the uh, Star Wars theme. Um, yeah. The Police Academy theme. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. And then the sound effects guys like like helicopters and stuff. Great. Fistful of Dollars, classic Western theme, very cute. Oh yeah, yeah. The Godfather theme, really good for any wedding, funeral, or car horn. Sure. And I've got Back to the Future as well, just the Back to the Future theme. I mean, Huey Lewis is good too. But I thought it was themes. Yeah, so. but technically, that's yeah, that's more of the theme than uh, the power of love. Good yeah. question. Uh, Christian also asks, 
What qualifies a movie critic to judge movies? Shouldn't they have to prove they can make a good movie before they get to tell other people how to do it? I say yes. Well, I kind of say no. Like, an art critic or all anyone who looks at art, you know, they're, they're providing their subjective point of view. And, like, and if, if you have to qualify them, that means then they are a definitive voice, you know? The point I feel of the, a, same, the same way about, like, theatre critics, though, who have never had any experience in uh, creating shows or producing shows who have the gourd to criticise a production uh, without, yeah, without having any real experience in the industry. Uh, sure, but, like, sort of their, purely, their position like, as an influencer will, you know, eventually thin itself out. The point of a reviewer, you know, especially in this world where there are so many reviewers in the world with online and newspapers and all of these publications, you've just got to find the reviewer that most aligns with your tastes and follow oh, their for sure. But I think, I think uh, every reviewer should have to come on board and on their first day, give us like a top five or a top 10 list to see if they line up with our tastes. And then if, if they're like completely off the wall, then we're like, well, this is just not the reviewer for me. I don't have to, you know, t- I'll take what they say with a pinch of salt. Cool, but I don't think they have to make a good movie before they can qualify because who's judging whether it's a good movie? You well, know what I, mean? I will. I'm going to so, judge it. Who are you? This is getting very chicken eggy. Yep, and then I'll make a movie, and then if you want to judge it, you have to make a movie. And then if you don't have an idea for an original movie, you don't. You just don't get to make a movie. Shane, you just don't, Shane, calm you down. don't get to make one. Calm you down. Can't just make Ben Hur again and not do as good a job and then expect you sitting there with your it's okay God it's damn gonna it. be 48 more ben hers before you die it'll be fine <sighs> okay okay you're only giving me you're giving me 48 years before i'm dead actually that's that's pretty reasonable <laughs> that's, that's funny, also kind of ge- what you gave yourself but yeah let's go yeah it's pretty it's generous i'm into it <laughs> uh all right so yeah sure i think uh all right, you don't have to make a movie, but you have to at least give me an idea of your taste before I just read your reviews. And also, I'm going to ignore you if I want to. Like, I think anybody that goes to see theatre, films, listens to albums based purely on reviews, uh, you know, take a good hard look at yourself and figure out what you like for yourself, first of all. But if you find a critic that you trust, sure, but at least give things a chance. Give us a chance. Which, if you'd like to uh, rate and review us on iTunes, get us up that <laughs> list. Please do that. Uh, just uh, go into iTunes there and press all the buttons and uh, make us look good. We trust your voice as long as it's one that speaks uh, highly of us. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Paul, you ready for a question from the World's Greatest Comics Quiz? Yes. You're, you are for sure going to get this one, right? Which right. comic strip was, was banned in Yugoslavia... In 1937, at the time, a uh, 14-year-old Peter II, son of the assassinated King Alexander I, was on the throne because the story's plot to dispose a mythical king of Michael of Medioca. Was it um, A? Was it A? Mickey Mouse. B. Secret Agent X9. C. Terry and the Pirates. Or D. Tim Tyler's Luck. God, I want it to be Mickey Mouse. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with Agent... Was it 49? Uh, Agent X9. Yeah, Agent X9. 10-9. 19. Agent that, 19. That's your, him. That's your final answer? Yes. <laughs> the answer was Mickey Mouse. No way! And that's all the information I can give you because this book is whack. <laughs> wow, I so have to go I think, find I that think comic. I think this section... The section that I just found, this was... Oh, you better believe it. Do you want... I'll give you... I'll give you one more quick one. What child character was used to advertise whiskey and cigars? Was it A, Skippy, B, Little Lulu, C, The Yellow Kid, or D, K.O. from Moon Mullins? Who's The Yellow Kid? Some jaundiced kid? I don't know who any of these kids are. Oh, God. Was it Little Lulu? I bet she would. Uh, it was... No, it was The Yellow Kid. Well, no wonder he's smoking all those cigarettes and drinking all the time. Yeah, that kid's got... He's got the jaundice. Uh, Our friend from back in time, uh, Shiv Krishnan, asks, 
Do you think I'm cool? If so, what is about me that's so cool? Besides everything, of course. Um, well, I think, I think Shiv, you I think, yeah, you're cool because when we were uni students, you helped us film a, a bunch of stuff and you hung out with us and you were, you're a cool dude and yeah, we you miss spent, you. Nick. You spent hours of your life helping us make something that we never uh, put on, even on YouTube. We didn't put it on air. We didn't do anything with it. So we love you. Uh, so Kinlock Astis, and I'm sorry if I said that incorrectly, uh, asks Cindy Lauper or Pat Benatar, Paul? Uh, That's a tough question because these are both like ladies with like a bunch of hits and a bunch of it's uh, a bunch of hits in the '80s, which is you know what we're all about. Um, I mean, look, but Cindy Lauper. I mean, Cindy Lauper's got like the song from the Goonies. She did that music video that had like some of the guys from the WWF in it, which was pretty cool. Yeah, she did uh, the titular song uh, from the titular movie "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Yeah, but like Pat Benatar, I mean, she had like "Love Is a Battlefield," "We Belong," "Hit Me with Your Best Shot." I mean, she had some pretty good hits as well. Uh, it's tough. I I think like fitting in with like kind of like the ethos of the cave. I think Cindy Lauper. But for me personally, I say Pat Benatar. Uh, uh, yeah, I, yes. Yes. Pat Benatar's got the lyrics yeah. and the fun. Cindy Lauper's got my heart. Yeah. Uh, Kinlock also asks, what was Moses' brother's name? Uh, um, was, I'm going to uh, assume he means Moses from the Bible. Yeah, it's uh, Steve, God doesn't talk to you, Jerkson. No, it's actually Aaron, though. Aaron. What, did you look it up? Yeah, I looked it up before the show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Didn't even know he had a brother. No, he was a plumber. <laughs> he was a plumber. Yeah. So, yeah, he uh, Ross, Ross... <laughs> Oh, stop it. Idiot. Uh, Ross Vegas asks, why is life so full of struggle and pain? Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you differently is selling something. Uh, Princess Bride. Yep. Yeah. Got dark, but that's a good answer to that question. And finally, uh, Chip Isaacs, uh, or Chip, no one's ever going to call you Chip Isaacs, yep. asks, what is the answer to this question? You want to field this one, Paul? Uh, what is the answer to this question? It's absolutely 42. 42, yep. absolutely. Correct. Uh, Look, we're almost out of time for this episode. That's all the questions we have. Uh, If you want to help us replenish the bank of questions in the cave archives, hit us up. uh, Twitter or Instagram, we are thecave underscore podcast. You can email us at thecave at nomoreradio.com. And of course, we are on Facebook as The Cave Podcast. So if you want to hit us up, send us some questions. uh, Nerdy, ridiculous, pop culture, or just bizarre, random and out there, whatever it is, hit us up with your questions. Questions, give us a challenge, give us a top five list. We'd love to hear from you guys out there in internet land, so hit us up. Please, I'm sick of talking to Shane. Give give me something to talk to. Look, we're almost out of time, but before we get to our challenge, we've got to do something very important, and that is, of course, it's time for Turbo Talk! Shane's Turbo Talk is brought to you by Turbo Teen. Turbo Teen, the 80s cartoon that ran for about 11 or 12 episodes and then got hella cancelled because it was dumb, is about a teenager that turns into a car. This is Turbo Talk! Brought to you by Turbo Teen. So, in this one episode, in one episode of Turbo Teen, Paul, and I can tell you, it was actually the episode called The Video Avenger, uh, which was episode 7. Brett Matthews, aka Turbo Teen, is in a video game arcade, and some dweeb kid trips over a dog, and a piece of pizza falls off his plate, flies across the room, and hits Brett Matthews, aka Turbo Teen, in the face. Now, Paul, pizza is hot. And you know what happens to Brett Matthews, a.k.a. Turbo Teen, when he gets too hot, Paul? He has to go to the bathroom you know what and happens rub to one him? out? No, he turns into motherfucking Turbo Teen. And he turns into a car, and then he's a car in the arcade. And then the guy's like, we can't play games now. He's like, no, plug my computer in. And then it starts a whole adventure. And that's Turbo Talk, brought to you by Turbo Stop Team. Stop saying that, oh, oh my god. god. It's my favourite segment, and I'm never stopping. This segment will die the second you mention it again. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to... Ooh, okay. What? Don't be a Turbo... Don't be a Turbo hater. Be a Turbo Team, Paul. Yep. Um, Alright, let's... We're, we're really running out of time for this show. Oh, well, uh, why Paul, last we week, Turbo Talk again? Brought to you by... Well, we can't... By, we can't... By, uh, Top Gear. T- 
Turbo Team. Got to give people the, what they want. Uh, uh, last up, week's challenge. presents Shane's uh, Turbo Talk. Sure. Hey, if we get more funding for Turbo Talk, I'm all for it. Oh. Honda presents Turbo Talk. Oh. And Pizza Hut presents <laughs> this particular episode of Turbo Talk. Yeah, because if it gets too hot, he turns into a car. True story. Uh, don't worry, I've got lots more Turbo Talk uh, fun facts lined up oh, for the coming weeks. The challenge. <laughs> so, uh, last week, you, you wanted me to talk about the creation of comics and bring in five interesting facts about comic creation. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, so, basically, uh, I've got a few facts about how comics are created, and then just a few random comic uh, facts that I found as well along the way. So, uh, first thing I'm going to jump into is the process. It's not just uh, one person often that makes a comic. There's uh, a bunch of different creators, and that, of course, starts with the writers, Paul, who write the story and they write the script, the same way you'd write a script for a TV show or a film, uh, sometimes with sort of very basic uh, storyboards uh, or stick figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example of that is Harvey Pekar, the guy that does uh, American Splendor. Did you ever see that film, Paul? Sure did. So, The American Spinner, which is a, a film based on Harvey Picard, the comic book writer, who basically, he, he wrote uh, so many, so many books and graphic novels and comics under the title American Splendor, but had various other artists draw, because he couldn't draw to save his life. So basically, he'd draw the comic with little stick figures, and then other famous artists, such as, like, uh, Gary Dumb, or Frank Stack, or Robert Crumb, most notably, uh, drew the comic for him. Uh, there are other artists that, uh, you know, well-known in the comic world that are known for writing, just like Alan Moore, oh, yeah. uh, who wrote Swamp Thing, Watchmen, and V for Vendetta. Uh, Neil Gaiman, of course, most famous for Sandman. Uh, but there are other people who are like like the comic book one-man bands, who sort of are writers, uh, pencilers, and artists as well, like Frank Miller, who, of course, worked on Daredevil and Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Daniel Klaus, one of my favourite uh, graphic novel artists, who did, like, Ghost World and Mr. Wonderful. And, of course, another uh, prime example, Todd McFarlane did Spawn and Hergé, who did Tintin, uh, you know, was the uh, the sole creator of, of that, that comic book. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of those, especially in sort of like the uh, the comic strips you'd find in the newspaper, you know. A lot of those are done, drawn, and created by the same artist. Um, in terms of facts, the penciler is the first line of creation. So he's the guy that... Is that a guess superhero? What he does, Paul? Guess what the, the penciler? Is he a villain? Yeah, he's the... Yeah, he's, no, he's he's the hero of the piece, more often than not. And he's basically, he draws the pictures with a pencil, right? Uh, then you've got the inker who comes in and adds depth and shading and gives the image more definition. Uh, of course, if you've ever seen... Cha- <laughs> He's the villain, yeah. If you've ever seen Chasing Amy, there's, of course, there's the famous scene where Jason Lee's character is called a tracer and gets in a big fight with the guy uh, who refuses to call him an artist because he's the inker. Um, some fun facts. You've got the letterer, of course, is the person who writes the text. Uh, and these people, like the people that write the text, they spend years perfecting their craft and finding their own sort of unique style. And then this guy comes along, Paul, right? His name is Vincent Conair. I'll give you... Have one guess who Vincent Conair is, Paul. Uh, he's the guy they based the movie Conair off. <laughs> he's, he's, that's actually uh, character. Interesting. Uh, no, that is completely wrong. He was a designer for Microsoft who back in, I think it was about 1992-ish, uh, based his design for the font Comic Sans uh, on the work of John Costanza from The Dark Knight Returns and Dave Givens, the letterer for The Watchmen. And apparently they both hate the font, as does everybody. (laughs) Comic Sans is one of the most hated, hated uh, and talked about fonts of all time and is actually one of the most complained about things on Twitter, apparently. Rightly so. And yeah, so that was actually created... Yeah, created in uh, in 1995, it was, there it is, uh, by Vincent Conner. So if you want to blame someone for the for the eyesore that is Comic Sans, blame him. <laughs> uh, now some facts, uh, just some facts about comic uh, characters that you may not know. The Hulk was originally grey. Uh, and then finally, talking about Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Coppola took his stage name Nick Cage from the Marvel character Luke cage <laughs> and that's my comic book creation facts for this week's challenge on the cave i love that list that was really interesting shane well done i like it 
that's some that's some facts. Um, next week, Paul, I need you to do a challenge for me. And what I want you to do is, a few weeks ago, I made an audio ad for the cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like we need more extra audio content. So you've got uh, a week to make an ad for the cave uh, that's going to take us to the next level. So I need you to make an ad that's going to take us to the next level. I'm talking hookers, cash, and blow. Yeah. Whatever that means to you. That's your challenge. You got to bring us a, a bring in an ad for the cave that's going to take us to the next level. <sighs> okay. Yeah, okay. I can do that. All right, done. Uh, yeah, all that right, is sweet. all the Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So remember, you guys, hit us up on all the uh, social medias if you want to get your questions in. Uh, of course, Twitter and Facebook are the best ways to do that. Uh, we are Produced in part by No More Radio, uh, who produces a lot of other great podcasts, such as Tales from the Black Deer and Smith's Questionable at Best and Confabulation. You can see them all at nomoradio.com, as well as checking out other episodes of The Cave uh, and subscribing to us as well, which is also helpful and fun. Tell us what you think of the podcast and interact with us on our social medias. Paul, it is time to go. Thank you for being here and answering some amazing questions. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, We hope we answered all your questions correctly. If not, you're probably wrong. We were probably right. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. I guess there's nothing else to say, but... Cowablonga! Cowablonga! We're going to leave you with this, though, uh, to take you over to next week's episode uh, from (laughs) the World's Greatest Comics Quiz. Uh, I want you guys to find out, and there'll, there'll be a prize for anyone that can answer this correctly before the next episode. The password in the Norwegian under, underground under the German occupation was one of Norway's most popular comics. What was it? That question again. The password in the Norwegian underground under the German occupation was one of Norway's most popular comics. What was it? A. The Katzenjama Kids. B. The Phantom. C. Sally Bananas. Or D. The Happy Hooligan. Please let be us know seen. before next week. Please be seen. You could win a prize. You could win a prize. That's all the time we have. See you next week. Why is there Goodbye. a Captain Jaundice yellow boy? Does that mean you ink it? Well, it means that Holden draws the pictures in pencil, and then he gives it to me to go over and ink. Next. So basically, you just trace. It's, uh, it's not tracing, all right? I had depth and shading to give the image more definition. Only then does the drawing truly take shape. No, 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 no. You go over what he draws with a pen.